0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. Uh, welcome to Podcast 205. Now we're on our um, festive break for a couple of weeks. And what we do every year on The Kindness Project is just do a little summary uh, intro on some of the best bits of um, 2021. Now, uh, what we're going to do um, uh, this week is share um, a few of our interviews. Uh, uh, the interview with Will Rainey from Blue Tree Savings, uh, Usha and uh, Laura Teeny, if I get that right. Um, and we're going to have some intro chat. Um, we're going to have some intro chat about learning new words, uh, intro chat about, I think it's Charlotte's funky hair. And, time. and learning uh, and have some... Uh, chat about Jez and the dog oh, who's, who is still one of your
1: favourite dogs I saw him today it was great
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell us about this uh, new word you've learned.
1: Uh prosopagnosia
0: what's it mean
1: it's basically this thing where people can't recognise faces
0: I don't know what you mean Alan <laughs>
1: This again.
0: This again. Oh, Go prosopagnosia. prosopagnosis. says us about just it. Just one
1: time, I'd like, to, I'd like to say something and not be made a joke out of. Go
0: on, tell me <laughs> Tell me, tell me. Let's have a serious conversation about prosopagnosia.
1: No, that's it. I'm done.
0: Oh, right, OK. Yeah. Well, No, no, tell me about it, because our audience might want to know what it is.
1: It's face blindness. People can't recognise people by their faces because, I don't know, something in their brain doesn't work properly. <laughs> sorry my throat just got really dry
0: and and what, what cause is it do, do they know I don't know and why are you interested in it
1: I heard it and then I went on Google rabbit hole
0: well that's the problem with the new word isn't it it's like Oh, that looks interesting. And I think it can be caused sometimes. I remember seeing a documentary on it a few years ago. It can be caused by brain injury, can't it? Um, Like brain injury can create, you know, amazing artists um, who lose their short-term memory, but it ignites some other part of the brain that gives them amazing creative skills.
1: Well, wasn't there that guy, um, Clive Waring, I think was his name, and he couldn't remember anything short-term and he couldn't access his episodic long-term memory, so the memory of his events, but he could still remember how to play the piano perfectly. Right. And he still knew his wife. He didn't know her. He just knew that every time she came into the room, she was important to him. Right. But he couldn't actually remember who she was. He just knew... I wonder
0: if the feelings
1: of love
0: are stored in a different... Part of their head and the feelings of memory.
1: Maybe I don't know. I mean, there's there's memory that doesn't get lost. Like I was saying, he still remember how to, how to play the piano because that's procedural mm. memory and not episodic memory. Yeah. Um, but there's also like stuff like semantic memory. If you, um, if you, and
0: again, this is a recommendation for listeners who, um, if you haven't read it, there's an amazing book I read a few years ago. I've, I think I've got it on Kindle still, so you can borrow it if you wanted to. It's called um, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. And it's about, it's by a psychologist um, called Oliver Sacks, who used to specialise in um, severe cognitive disorders. So not like the normal cognitive disorders that you and I might go through, but people who think their wives are that. And, mm. Um stuff like that. So certainly if you if you like that sort of thing, Oliver Sachs, the man who thought or mistook his wife for a hat, um, is certainly worth a read. Are you allowed dyed hair at college, yeah. No big deal. No. There's loads of people in, yeah. in with dyed hair. Yeah. What's the funkiest dyed hair colour you've seen?
1: Uh I once saw a girl when she had long hair. Um, and once... S- <laughs> oh, well done.
0: Oh, that's shocking. Did you see a boy with short hair as well?
1: Ha, 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 ha. Very funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was split down the middle 50-50 and one side was completely black and the other side was completely this bright pink colour.
0: Oh, uh, you know what I thought you were going to say? Cruella de style... One side was completely black yeah. and one side, like Sophie's hat, one oh. side was completely black, one side was completely white. Well, the colour white. did
1: start coming out of it, but it didn't go white. It went, like, bleached yellow, which mm-hmm. isn't a very, like, nice colour. No,
0: no, no, nice. no. Nice. Noice. Noice. So it's about your friends. Jezza,
1: the dog.
0: Jezza, the dog. Yeah. Right, so you can't just say a name of a dog and that explains <laughs> the entire story. Friends. Tell us the story behind of the dog.
1: Basically, we all swarm around of the dog, and now we've we've got like a group chat.
0: Right. So again, again, <laughs> you've mentioned this dog, like he's just wandering around the streets and a bunch of teenagers are just following. Do you want to explain the context? Of Jez and the dog.
1: My college has a dog. Right. That, that they break out on Mondays.
0: <laughs> Where do they keep him the rest of the <laughs> I week? I think
1: he's one of the reception staff's pets. Right.
0: So they, the college brings out a dog on Mondays. Um, and then everybody goes to Ari's queue.
1: Yeah, and then we swarm around him. And now we have a group chat.
0: And now you've got Jez and the dog's got his fan club. Do you reckon Russell should have his own fan club?
1: <laughs> what, would, what would you call a Russell? The Russell
0: Dames fan club. Would you reckon we had a Satsuma fan club once? We did have a set fan club. Yeah, spoken spoken about on the podcast before. Yeah, I reckon the Russell Davies fan club could have at least.
1: It's got many cult possibilities.
0: Ten members. What cult possibilities?
1: Every every group or. I'd like to.
0: I'd like to see a bit of Russell Davies fan fiction. That's what I'd like to see. Would you reckon? No. No, we're not having that. No. I about a bit of Charlotte Davies fan fiction. No. Okay, we're not doing that. Alright, end of So we've got some kindness news this week. So we you, do, wanna yes. do the, uh, you wanna do the you wanna do the little jingle? S- 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 S-
1: S- oh, don't delete do it. Kindness news
0: Realtor, which I think is an estate agent in the I UK, uh transforms abandoned properties into tiny home villages that give permanent housing to the chronic homeless.
1: A realtor in Missouri is determined to make her hometown a city where no one sleeps outside. For nine years, Linda Brown and her husband, David, organized a nightly drop-in shelter where homeless people in Springfield could eat, shower, and do laundry, use a computer, and socialize during bingo games and karaoke, but they wanted to do more. So they transformed an abandoned mobile home property into a village of tiny homes that provides permanent housing to the chronically disabled homeless. They raised $4.7 and opened Eden Village in 2018, erecting 31 tiny homes that are now occupied by people like Jonathan Fisher. Fisher. He was battling substance abuse and had lived on the streets for two years when he met Linda Brown, who changed his life. In the worst, of moments, even worst moments of my life, Linda gave me guidance, care, and made me feel like I was still worth something, Fisher said. He says that Brown took the time to learn about how he became homeless and then encouraged him as he rebuilt his life. She even offered him a job.
0: Now sober, visual arts, full-time for Brandon Construction Maintenance and Maintenance on 31 homes and helping others experiencing struggles similar to what he went through. The driving book philosophy behind Eden Village is the same that fuels the Housing First movement. The root causes of a person's homelessness cannot be thoroughly addressed until his or her immediate housing needs are met. It's interesting uh, with homeless, because we've got a, a sort of homeless issue in the UK. Yeah. Um, but there are countries who subscribe and have a, had success from that housing first principle. It give somebody yeah. a bit of dignity and, and the... And it, it doesn't work for everybody, because each person's got their own reasons for being on the streets. But offering somebody a roof over their head and something they can call um, home... home then inspires dignity and the ability for people to, to start to rebuild their life what do we think yeah, yeah I, I definitely well, agree yeah good stuff all right well that's it for of news this week so talk to me about some of the habits that you yeah. think that kids could yeah. develop <laughs> while charlotte falls over um the kids should
2: develop to yeah. be better with money yeah so what i so the way i talk to my well so when i first i talked to my kids um when they were young, because we were putting some money into investments. But I didn't really want to talk to them at that age about investments and sort of showing them these arbitrary numbers. So what I started with is to say that money is like seeds. And so every time that we uh, gave them some savings, we we're planting them and they are growing into what, trees or blue trees and hence the name of my company. So now when we started giving them pocket money, we said, right, here's your seeds, How, what do you want to do? You can give them away, which is spend. Or what we'd rather you did with some of them is plant them. So every time they get some pocket money, we tell them to plant at least a couple of their seeds and grow them uh, into blue trees. So that's kind of really trying to help them build wealth, and it's kind of the objective. That's a good analogy to compare it to. That that, the time it takes to grow that tree, isn't it? Exactly. and also it does compound interest as well, because trees will produce more seeds, which then yeah. you can plant and grow more. So the their high objective is to try and grow this financial forest that's going to look after them. Yeah, really. So that's hard. one habit is every time. The other one is we say plant some flowers, which is slightly different, which is where they save up for a goal. So some saving up for uh, a toy or a magazine or a book or, or a game. So flowers don't take as long as trees to grow, but they don't last very long once you have them. So it's, it's trying to get them every time they get some pocket money to sort of save up a little bit. And this is the delayed gratification. So yeah, the habits are plants and flowers and plants and blue trees every time that they get some money. So you can still spend lots of their seeds, but just have a few. And those two habits of planting some flowers I saving up for something uh, and planting some blue trees to kind of grow their wealth uh, i think they're just going to be so so powerful so when they become adults that's just what they do so even now the, the amount they've got now is small if they keep doing that and as they get more and more money and they keep doing the same then the chances of them going into debt and etc is going to be yeah, much they, they lower, just can't lower imagine their money i mean charlotte's yeah, exactly. got a different philosophy she just
0: sort of earns money and keeps it and not you and just, and you just <laughs> i don't
1: have anything to spend it on so <laughs> I don't
0: need anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm probably and,
1: splurge on Christmas presents this month, but otherwise, yeah,
0: yeah. You just, you just, you just, you just hold like that. <laughs> a dragon like and a <laughs> giant
1: mountain
0: of gold, just like mine. Yeah, maybe we should start a financial <laughs> education program called Dragon Charlotte the Dragon. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so what I did love is the way that you use um, like stuff that kids are into like your lego bricks blog was amazing by the way i really enjoyed that and i know i know there was a bit for the adults as well and funny enough the millionaire next door is one of my favorite all-time books i think book. that perception of real wealth compared to that fake perception of of instagram yeah. wealth or whatever you want to see it is interesting so tell me a little bit about sort of how you think we change that perception that 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 material wealth is everything and actually financial security is more important what do what do you think we need
2: to do about that yeah well the first bit is just to kind of raise that that there's this alternative because everyone's kind of growing up in this world where they're only going to see what's on tv what's on social media see what their friends have got and therefore that kind of materialistic (laughs) what view of the world is Kind of just natural and in in your. It's face. Up to that <laughs> definition of
0: success, isn't it? it is. That that Definitely. that's the sort of yeah. perception that, that
2: that's yeah. out there at the minute. Yes, yeah, so I, I I wrote a blog called Rich Kids versus Wealthy Kids, and in the start of that, I kind of say when I was younger, I. Used to watch a program called MTV Cribs, which was going around like famous superstars' houses, and they had all the big mansions and rooms and swimming pools and cars. And I, that's what I wanted. And I remember drawing the mansion I was going to live in and f- thinking about the, the supercars I was going to drive. But then, as I got older, I found out all those superstars are are bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually rented. The big houses just for the tv show they didn't actually own it yeah and i was it's like, oh, just kind of shocked me and it kind of then just put a shiny light on actually most people who are showing off <laughs> don't actually have much kind of substance behind yeah what yeah. What they're Substance showing is a good word. And, and it's that so in that so what I've done with my daughters is kind of I told them a story about Rich Raccoon versus wealthy wallaby and so rich raccoon's the kind of stereotype of the Instagram <laughs> big house fancy car showing off uh, lots earns lots of money. Um, but then he goes for lunch with his wealthy Wallaby friend who doesn't have a high-powered job, hasn't stayed in the same house for, for many, many years. Uh, and they go for a lunch and rich raccoon's showing off and taking them to the fanciest restaurant and saying, I'll pay. But then wealthy Wallaby says, oh, I'm just letting you know that I'm going on a very long holiday of my family because I want to spend loads more time. And rich raccoon's like, how can you do that? And I can't. I earn so much more than you. I've got so much more stuff than you how can you and it's all wealthy wallaby has just been slowly building up saving a little bit every time and it just gives right. this and i'm like it's like oh yeah I, I definitely want to be like wealthy wallaby and have that kind of freedom to to be able to do stuff whereas rich raccoon's kind of captured in his money world
0: and, and that's the challenge isn't it it's just i think when you do get a bit older and certainly when you have a family that value of time is mm the yeah. the perception changes over time doesn't it you go you know what it's 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 time you using money to buy you the time that you want to do with what you want
2: really yeah
0: exactly um Lena, thanks for joining us on the uh on the kindness project um did you almost la- forget what
1: the podcast was
0: called <laughs> <laughs> you know what the problem is life is like compartmentalized into a bunch of different places Sometimes during the day forget what job I'm doing. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, don't have the, the couple, I only do four
1: lessons, uh, yeah, four exactly. different lessons. So, so
0: yes, we are on the kindness project. We are talking about kindness, otherwise, it would be strange that you're here because you you know you 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 this is the only project we do together. Um, but we are talking about kindness, um okay. we are um this is a first for the kindness project. So we've been interviewed people all around the world. We've never interviewed a fellow parent daughter before. So oh, welcome. We've
3: never oh, that
0: <laughs> No, we, You know what? We have um, the oh. guy kindness.org. We had yes. yes. the one was in L.I. and mum's in New York. Wasn't yes. They? So we did. We yes, did that I one. I do remember that. Okay. Cool. So, um, so our audience can understand a little bit about you guys. Tell us who you are.
3: Yes, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm Lee and I'm, I'm Usha. <laughs> he thinks we're the same person. Now,
0: now this is, hold on, let's just, just go. <laughs> we, we, we might have got hesitated on the name of our podcast, but we didn't get our names wrong. That, That's pretty <laughs> much not it.
1: I do. Sometimes it is difficult to remember my own name.
0: Okay, Usha or Leena, either one. <laughs> yeah, no, do, do you know what? I just
1: wanted you to
0: feel better, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate
1: that. It was
3: all about that, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't have senior moments at all. So <laughs> anyway, so no, I'm Usha. So I'm, I'm the founder of Healing Feeling. Um, it transforms lives through training and therapy, and really, I set this up to empower parents to raise happy children. And you know, it's all done through preventative mental health techniques. Um, this is my daughter, Lena. Hi, guys. Yes, <laughs> I'm Lena. Um, so, in my day job, I train salespeople, um, but I also support Mum in the business. Um, I basically joined her because I believe in the message, the mental health message, and um, yeah, it just came to a point where it would uh, it'll be good to work together because, obviously, as you know it's more fun to do things together rather yeah, than by have, yourself with <laughs> your kids
0: yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: and and help me understand a little bit about how prominent that message has become particularly in 2020
3: Oh, hugely, hugely! I mean, uh, twenty twenty. Since lockdown began, we've had so many parents uh, call us um, because their children have showed like jackal and hyde kind of characters. You know, one minute they're fine, next minute, uh, <laughs> next minute they're really aggressive or angry. Um, obviously, there's been quite a few deaths in the in the year. Um, I mean, personally, uh, we've. Um, and a lot in the family we've had lots of we've mm. experienced them but also so many other people have as well and I've seen so many people ask you know how do I as a parent how do I Tell my five year old, how do I tell my six year old that mm. this person's died? Yeah. And so, you know, that's been a big thing. And also conversation, yeah. Anxiety has been very, very prominent. Depression, you know, people have lost businesses, they've lost their livelihoods, you know, and we we're so confused, aren't we, with whether we're tier one or tier two, or you know, whether how long this is gonna last. So the uncertainty of it all. So this year, yeah, definitely mental health has been high on the agenda yeah. for a
0: lot of people it's interesting because you talk about that emotional roller coaster I know that you've been through it this year haven't you and and but I don't think it's only the kit like to younger <laughs> no. people I think it's adults as well do you know what I mean certainly you know as a, as a family and you know business we've been affected a lot less than most people but you still have those days where you know it's it, it can be tough
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a business, I'm a small business. I'm a one person fat. Well, two people. (laughs) Uh, But uh, in terms of the mental health, I I do that bit. But um, we have seen a dip. You know, when when we had the first lockdown, we had a real dip because people didn't want to. uh, Well, we couldn't meet. Uh, and although I offered the online, um, a lot of people didn't want to do that because it, it loses that contact, the connection, doesn't it? However, um, a positive uh, for me was that I could, um, well, I had to do online training. Um, so I got some uh, specific online training to do psychotherapy online because I didn't have that. And so now I can actually connect with people online as well. So yeah. Um, but it has become busy since the second lockdown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. You've got a question?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm uh, looking at the list of questions now. Uh, so what inspired you to start Healing Feeling? I'm not at the right way around, am really. I?
0: Yeah, it is Healing Feeling, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is Healing. Okay, I have that not, down in all the questions. Not, so if it's not Feeling
0: Healing, that'd like be a different you. kind of business.
3: <laughs> well, it's <Yeah>. interesting... <laughs> That's no. cringe for your dad to yeah,
0: say. I <laughs> know. What, what kind of a show is this? We're still we're still three years in, and We're still trying to work it out. Um, some
1: of the some of the some of the jokes we make on here are just out of like tiredness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: we we haven't got that excuse today. Everyone no,
1: really? just <laughs> <is> kind of <laughs> jokey. I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so so t- 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 tell us a bit about the inspiration behind the yeah, healing
1: thing.
3: Yeah. Really, what inspired me was actually when I had her. So, it, you know, I think there's a motherly instinct. When you hold your baby for the first time, it's like you just want the world to be right for them. And literally it was, I, I told myself, OK, I'm going to make my wor- or her world better than mine was. Um, I had, in my past, I'd um, suffered a lot of bullying league uh, when I was a teenager uh, there was I mean I came to this country when I was eight years old I couldn't speak English uh, there was all of these unwritten rules you know social rules I didn't get it so I didn't fit in basically and when I had her I just thought I'm not going to have her going through the same sort of issues that I went through um, and it was when she was five years old that I decided because I was home for five years with her and then When she wanted to go to, when she had to go to nursery, I decided to become a uh, train myself as a teacher. So, as a mature student, I was going out. It was really hard because obviously dropping off the childminders and dropping off the nursery, and it was a lot of doing a degree at the same time. Yeah, doing a degree at the same time (laughs) wasn't easy. So, the healing feeling started to. The inspiration was to make it a better world for for for
0: lena really i think that's an amazing aspiration to do and certainly i think the my the motivation behind what you do changes when you become a parent doesn't it yeah
1: um
0: certainly your perspective on life changes because you're now responsible for this not so small uh, (laughs) not so small anymore um uh the other one's a little bit smaller, but not so small anymore, more human being. And you're you've become a role model and you want to make the world a better place, right?
3: Exactly. And um, you know, as as a teacher later on, um, I learned that you know that all of our issues and things, all our belief systems start from when we're children. And I did have a bit of a breakdown. I, I had ME when I was a teacher. So it was, it's a, ME is all like chronic fatigue. It's a a stress-related illness. And uh, I was in bed literally for a year. And um, it was through that I learned that actually everything, all your belief systems start from childhood and your thoughts create your reality. And I'm thinking, how did I create this? And so the second inspiration came when I just thought, you know, I'm determined to undo this and... um, when I when I did eventually go back to school, I did start to work with the children in my care. So I started to help them to um, be, be you know, start from the inside out, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get better grounding. Um, I, I actually you test can... I actually <laughs> tested a lot of the materials out on Lena. So maybe yeah. you might want to say something about, you know, the kind of work we did together.
0: So um, I know I know you talk a lot about the power of not only having amazing an amazing website with bees on, Russell, you're listening. Um, uh, you talk about the power of storytelling quite a lot. So tell yeah. me about um, tell me about how you think storytelling is important um, in terms of in terms of doing good work.
4: Well, I think that it, it storytelling stems from journaling. So, um, you know, having so many emotions myself, I had to let those emotions out and, uh, you know, out of, out of my head and on paper. And so I've been journaling all my life. And so it's interesting how, you know, what I feel today, not necessarily is what I felt a few you know months before or a few years before because we're evolving. So, so I decided to put together, you know, my, my journals, you know, of evolution, and really see what I could come up as far as telling stories. And, you know, I decided, like I said, I never was a social media person. I never really, I always did work behind the scenes, because I didn't, I never really cared about, you know, like letting people know what I was doing, but, you know, there was a point where I decided, wow, you know, I've been doing so much work nonprofit wise that I think it's, it will be really cool to put together all of my experiences and start st- telling stories. And so I started writing articles. Um, these articles have been published and I started writing books too. So I at my, I'm completing my third book oh, and I yeah, and then I I have a couple of agents interested. I just attended the uh, uh, Writers Digest Pitch Slam in New York, the virtual thing, obviously, and um, and so basically, I decided to tell stories about my experiences around you know with yeah. not just with working with nonprofits
0: and that actually actually i think that's really important because the more stories we can get out there of people doing amazing work in the world it's one of the reasons we run the podcast um one of the reasons uh, we run it is cuz i think if we can share more stories of people doing positive things it sort of then counteracts all the negative stuff yeah doesn't it and yeah i think it's quite important
4: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that we, you know, especially going through certain situations like traveling to third world countries or, or, um, well, impoverished countries that put it this way, put it this way. Cause I, in a lot of ways, I think we are more third world than they are. But anyway, um, I think that, um, it's important to really, um, you know, show what's what. What a lot of these people have done to come out of their darkness, how they've coped, and this is what my books are about. They're about tales of transformation. Yeah, so, from around the world. And uh, so, one book, for instance, is on my experience with the orphanage, working at the orphanage. The other one was is a book on my experience with what I created after here in Sicily. Another book um, is going to be on um, the power of sponsorship, because, for instance, I've been sponsoring 40 kids over 17 years with Plan USA, and I was thinking, well, why not talk to Plan USA and see if we want, they want to write a book together on yeah. how sponsorship has changed the lives of the previously. Oh, I
0: love that people. idea, yeah, because you can tell the stories of the... Impact of that sponsorship using the individuals who have been sponsored. So, so we want to go on to the next question. But Charlotte is is, has got a college lesson in about ten minutes, so she's going to need to leave the interview. Okay.
4: um,
0: uh, (laughs) Drop, might drop Charlotte out. Um, Um, (laughs) Charlotte,
4: um, very nice um,
1: meeting you. Do you want to do the next question? before you go. I'm going to ask the next question. It's
0: not about websites or bees, is it?
1: Oh, it should be.
0: Okay.
1: Okay, so you've already spoken about how you started doing your non-profit work with people, but could you tell us about how you got into doing non-profit work with animals?
4: Yeah, um, again, even that is something that stems from the, you know, the empathy and all of that. So it's almost like it's not just, I don't have, I've never just had empathy towards people. It's like towards anybody, anything that is really living, like any living creature, creature. So, and um, I found myself one year in, you know, vacationing in Sicily. And Sicily is uh, a place where the concentration of strays ranks probably as the highest in Europe. So you have Romania, you have Sicily. People come here for the beauty, for the food, for the beaches, the archaeology and everything, but they don't really see what is going on. And, you know, I almost... It's almost like I see, you know, I i almost i go beyond like what you know yeah. just absurd,
0: i think, I think I, that's important isn't it you know that
2: yeah
4: the,
0: the point the point you made like sort of you could go to all of these countries and just see what the tourists see but you just you need to, to dig a bit deeper to understand what's actually going on for yeah. For, yeah. For, for the humans that live there are any animals
4: yeah, and I, I feel that, um, you know, in a way, the world is really ruled by people, you know, but we're also, we're also sharing this, this beautiful earth with billions of animals, and 100%. I think, well, they're not, they don't have a voice, it's so it's almost like giving voices the voiceless. And so I decided, I said, well, I had already sold a bunch of my most of my possessions. And so I said, well, how about, you know, I invest in and in, do this and um and so my idea is to really so I opened an animal sanctuary and okay. um in Sicily and it was a culmination of of working with many different places organizations and I thought well why not open my own and um and when and was that, that
0: when was that opened
4: so we opened last year and um obviously uh COVID hit this yeah. year in February so um, so it's been very challenging, but we've been moving forward. You know, nonetheless, we're, you know, we've been working with a consultant um, who, in and you know, we're in touch with foundations worldwide, and we're. Um, I've written articles. I wrote a book on this experience, and so I've been on a couple of podcasts, and so it's been um, challenging because. The, you know, I noticed that when people used to uh, donate, you know, previously in the previous years, this year, it's been very much um, different, you know, it's well, been it, more, it's more
0: interesting because f- we, uh, again, we, we do some charity work locally. And I speak to loads of charities through t- trying to tell stories on the podcast. And the yeah. challenge you've got for a lot of charities at the minute is typically their fundraising may come from events and there's no events is there. It's just been a different environment.
4: Yeah. And that's the other thing. You cannot have events. So you can also, you cannot host an event uh, of any sorts. Um, And then, um, you know, we also have, so we we are on 17 acres and we have a beautiful property that, you know, we did rent out a bit to tourists this year, but that was the whole point to, you know, with, you know, all the proceeds, the proceeds would, would go, go back to, in all the, the, to yeah. sterilizing the animals, the strays, but all
0: what animals have you got on the, on the, uh, on the site?
4: So at the sanctuary right now we have um, we have donkeys we have um, ostrich that just laid an egg yesterday which was ridiculously huge and uh, we have many birds and we have um, we're we're having uh, another donkey coming and there's a possibility to have more um, um, to uh, rescue. Uh, 11 horses from the slaughterhouse but the problem is they cannot transport the horses right now because okay. you know we're we're stuck in our own towns you cannot leave your town unless you know it's a so are, these, are these um
0: animals just from sicily or from Italy more generally or where where do you rescue animals from
4: so we rescue the animals locally, um, and obviously they're all locally rescued. And then again, the proceeds from uh, the, air, you know, the farmhouse, so the airbnb and the, you know, the renting and the, um, we're, we're also planning on having a petting farm and having a horse therapy center. All the proceeds will go to the sterilizations of the local strays
0: there is podcast two five. hope you're getting geared up for christmas we certainly are aren't we mm,
1: yeah.
0: um and hope you have a lovely week